On Criminal, we tell true stories about people who've done wrong, been wronged, or gotten caught somewhere in the middle. I never did anything wrong. I never had a speeding ticket. So I think I just saved all my stuff up for just one thing. From lotto scams to black market whiskey to the accidental death of a rare and beautiful fish, we bring you stories about the most curious crimes around. Listen to Criminal every week, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello. Yes, good afternoon. May I speak with David, please? This is David. David, how are you doing? It's Richard Lepp calling. Ah, Richard Lepp. That's Richard Lepp a few weeks ago. I've been looking for him for a while because several people I've interviewed have said he may know more about the flashlight bomb murder of Wayne Gravette. Just one of many tips I'm still tracking down. So what's up? I'll get back to Richard Lepp and the Wayne Gravette case later, but first, there are a few other investigations to update you on. In early March, the SKS team drilled holes in the ice of Holmes Lake, close to the area where Adrian McNaughton was last seen, and used a core sampler to test the layers of sediment that have accumulated below. down on this one, which is his final response. What does the response mean when he sits down like that? When he, he lays down, that's what he's trained to do. When he, he smells cadaver, his final response is to lay down by it. Based on the strong final responses of three cadaver dogs to what they were sensing at two particular holes, the Ontario Provincial Police returned to Holmes Lake in mid-May to attempt a dive of their own. Unfortunately, the OPP report in their summary that, quote, due to the deep layer of silt, the presence of debris in the silt, leaves, sticks, logs, etc., and zero visibility, the likelihood of being able to identify potential human remains after 40-plus years is near impossible. I've discussed this frustrating situation with the McNaughton family, and they're considering their options with the understanding that any further effort to look for Adrian will likely involve a search of great scale and expense with no guarantee of finding anything. Okay, let's move on to M and Madeline Levy. I think you have a comment on this one. Moving on to season two, the petition created by Noah Kersner and other listeners asking for more support on the Cheryl Shepard case, received well over 10,000 signatures. The petition was presented to a Hamilton Police Board meeting on March 22, 2018. You know, this is a heartbreaking case, 20 years, no justice for the victim, no justice for the family, no justice for the community. It's a wound that is so deep. In response, the Hamilton Police stated that they consider Cheryl's case to be active and ongoing. Uh, Peter Tom is the detective sergeant in charge of this case. He met both with the family and uh, the CBC podcast went through his approval because, of course, investigatively, that can lead to new leads. And I do know that Peter Tom is actively, as of this week, pursuing uh, things that have fallen from that. It was also revealed that increasing the $50,000 reward cap 
as the petition requested, is under the board's discretion, and that the board is also open to potentially adding private donations to the fund. Hamilton City Councillor Terry Whitehead. I can tell you that the, the evening that she was engaged, my wife and I were at that event and in fact had the opportunity to congratulate a very smiling and very what appeared to be happy woman at that time. So I've been following this with great interest and I wish the police uh, a speedy arrest on this issue. And I'm still trying to catch up to Brian Sweeney, one of Cheryl's ex-husbands and potentially one of the last people to see her before she disappeared. Odette, Cheryl's mother, actually ran into Brian at a Tim Hortons parking lot. He was sitting in the car and uh, he asked how I was doing everything else and he was really cautious, I guess. So I didn't mention Cheryl or nothing, you know. But you, did you tell him you wanted to go talk to him at some point? Yeah, I said, when can we get together with Dave? She said, it's hard to take time off. She said, because she said, I work all, I'm on calls, weekends, and he works there all day long. You know, I mean, just to get away from this, I think. That's what he was doing. You know. Well, good for you for, uh, for asking him about that. But for some reason, Brian continues to elude my every phone call and personal approach. I'll still keep trying. As for season three... Hello? Hey, Derek. Hey, Thomas. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. I talk to Thomas Moore regularly, and we'll be seeing him in Colorado this summer, too. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, you know, I'm coming up on that 75th birthday a couple of weeks from last year. I'm doing good. I am doing good, man. I talked to them or something. She's doing good. Sounds good. Among other things, Thomas is planning to build a permanent memorial next to his brother Charles's original gravestone at the Mount Olive Cemetery. Uh, he has a, a tombstone, but it was it was handmade, and because of the weather, it has deteriorated over the years. I don't I don't intend to remove that because that is a history in itself. I want to do something just to memorize him when people come up to his grave site, to be able to read his full name, date of birth, and date that he was uh, abducted and killed. So when people come up there, they will see that this guy, you know, was not forgotten, and through the effort of David Ridley and Thomas Moore, Justin was finally served. All right? Okay, man, good talking. Gotta work. Take care now. Chat again. Bye-bye. Did you ever see the sketches that were made in Acton of two people that were supposed to be asking for Wayne's address near the uh, post office? Now, back to season four and Richard Lepp. Everybody I talk to says they look like different people. Someone said it looked like you at one point. Someone said it looked like Little Ed at some point. Someone said it looked like... It looked like me? Why, you have a picture of me? Well, they knew you. Oh, okay. Richard Lepp knew Wayne Gravett well and worked with him in the beverage packaging industry. When was and the last I, time I, you saw Wayne? When was the last time you remember seeing him? I think I'm going to have to say probably about a year before that. Oh, okay. So did you ever go to the farm then? No. No, I never really. I heard all about the farm, but I never really went to the farm. No. Lepp says that police came to him for information in the immediate aftermath of Wayne's murder. So I said, well, whatever he needs, just call me. I gave the cops more leads 
they couldn't believe it. And back in he discounts any suggestion that the murder could have been tied to Wayne's extramarital affairs, organized crime, or even his falling out with the Gaelics, senior or junior. And, and did you ever see Wayne uh, shortchange a customer or... <laughs> he didn't get sued for it. Usually he gets sued for that kind of stuff, right? But in this case, he didn't get sued. He paid the ultimate price. But I don't know. Lepp's theory is that the murder was business-related. He says Wayne was working on a deal with some businessmen of unknown origin that involved a retainer, a large advance of cash, and that Wayne may have not completed the job. And I saw the prints, the um, blueprints and the layout, and Wayne and I went over them. And it was right from uh, start to finish. And my guess at that time must have been a two or three million dollar line. It's a difficult lead to look into, given that nobody seems to know the provenance of these businessmen. Police told me they looked into all of Wayne's business dealings already, and I'm not sure I go along with Lepp's reason for Wayne's murder. It's all money up front, yeah, and it's big money. And that's it. I think that's where the glitch is. You know, people get <laughs> people get killed for a lot less than 400 grand, as yeah. you know. And... Uh, yeah, there's just something about that job and the people that are involved in that job. I've received several other tips about Wayne's case, as I mentioned, but until something comes of any of them that I can report on, season four has reached its end. But it's not the end of Someone Knows Something. Season five will be coming in October 2018. For more CBC Original Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash originalpodcasts.